The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden, when he marked how they chose out of the chief room, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him uh, come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to answer it honestly. You don't have to answer it out loud, but at least be honest with yourself. Do you care what other people think of you? Do you care how you are perceived? Do you want to be admired by those that our society has chosen as the winners? Well, if we're being honest, yes, we all care what other people think about us. In fact, if we didn't care at all what people thought about us, we would probably have some kind of pathology. Whether it is a psychopath or a sociopath, I'm not sure. I would have to consult with the American Psychiatric Association journals. But we would definitely be some kind of path. And yet there are limits to how much Christians ought to care. That's just part of the fruit of being known by God and known in such a personal way. That's just part of having our priorities in order. That's just part of basic humility, of recognizing our own sin and what God has done for us to forgive that sin. Still, we care. In so many ways, we care. I could hardly dream to name them all, but I'll try to name a few. For example, perhaps we keep quiet on some controversial issues for fear of losing friends or be considered strange. Maybe we refuse friendship with those that we consider less than us. 
We, as it says in the Gospels this morning, invite only the nice people, the well-established people of high repute to our gatherings. We try to inculcate ourselves in circles of influence, maybe political, social, or civic associations, hoping to rise to the top and to be highly regarded. We only ever present ourselves in the best possible light, perfectly dressed and manicured. The house is always clean, always a big performative smile. We care more what people with money think than people without money, and and not because they have good judgment per se, but because we perceive that if they have money, they must be important. There's a lot of people with a lot of money who have terrible judgment and no wisdom, and there are a lot of people with no money who have wonderful judgment and lots of wisdom. Well, if I have not described all of us in at least one or two ways, either we're not listening or you are a true model of the kind of humility that Jesus is describing, to which I would say kudos to you. And by the way, to take the other side of this, there is a pretty good uh, argument for having a good reputation. There are biblical texts, uh, I think, that teach that we are to be a people of good standing. To be a Christian does not mean to live a slovenly life by any means, to disregard the thoughts of others, or to pursue rebellion. Quite the contrary. Christians are to be obeyers of the law. We are to be good citizens. Paul says in 1 Timothy 3 that we are to be above reproach. Technically, that is just for pastors, but I certainly think all Christians should strive to be above reproach. We are to lead quiet and peaceable lives. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are to practice good hospitality, as our text in Hebrew says, in case we are entertaining angels unaware. We are to work for the food that we eat. And I would even argue that we are supposed to be productive, good stewards, to create wealth, even if we are not to love money. I mean, if you put all of that together, you've got someone who is, well, put together. But I guess at some point we can cross a line and stop being just a good, honorable citizen and start being someone who cares too much about appearances. Our Christianity itself actually can uh, be something like window dressing for us as we play a role. Christianity can be used, if we're not careful, to give other people the appearance that we are people of virtue and honor, while in fact we're just using the label. Sometimes I'm most skeptical of businesses that parade their Christianity, therefore we can trust them. And this can especially be a problem in a society like ours, which is basically Christian, but also very rich. The temptation to be highly regarded becomes a tremendous uh, lure in a society that has so many benefits to offer. Uh, Let's face it, if we lived in a time and a place where there is little to gain uh, with having a good reputation, it may not be worth pursuing. I mean, in the zombie apocalypse, what difference does it make if we have a good reputation? 
And in the, say, first century, when Christians were being persecuted, it may not make much of a difference there either to the world. But in an age where so much money is available, well, we are often presented with hard choices because we have so much more to lose. We have this society that is awash with upward mobility. And so if we are honest, we will all play this game at times where we try to strike the right balance between the radical humility to which we are called by Christ and the protection of our public institutions or reputations on which can hang relationships, promotions, fundraising, or recognition. And don't even get me started on social media and social credit uh, that exists uh, in ways beyond imagination. We have all essentially become five-star reviewable subjects. Uh, And for example, the Chinese social credit system, if you're not familiar with it, you really should be. It is a bone-chillingly terrifying way that the government tracks every movement, purchase, job, and event in the life of its citizens, punishing and rewarding those who abide by their standards. If we don't resist it, by the way, uh, that will come to a technocratic society near you. But in Jesus' day, they didn't have social media. Uh, It was harder to keep track of people and their reputations, you see. Uh, So weddings, weddings were the main public events of the day. Naturally, two families coming together to uh, bring about uh, the fruit, as it says in Genesis 1 to do. Weddings were very important. And you know, if uh, the wedding went awry, well, that could be a great humiliation for the host. Uh, It could be talked about for years. That reminds us of John 2 and the wedding at Cana, where Jesus sort of bails out the host with the good wine, right? But of course, at weddings, the host gets to decide where people sit. Good reputation, you sit at a good seat, as the King James says, room. Not sure what they mean by that exactly, but uh, of course, a poor reputation, you sat in the lower seat. Uh, Even though it must have been extremely risky and unimaginably arrogant, it seems that there were some people who would dare to assume that they could take a high seat. Jesus, of course, says that those who follow him ought not to live in such a way. Rather, they are to think less of themselves than even what their reputation might warrant. Note that Jesus does not say that if you are invited to a higher seat that you ought not to take it, No, you you definitely take the higher seat. It's just that you let others evaluate your reputation, not yourself. He accepts it as a given that within communities there will be people who have rightfully earned a good reputation and rightfully earned a poor reputation. Uh, He doesn't uh, go out of his way either to get rid of the whole hierarchical system. Indeed, after, you know, after all, when the humble man is moved up, that leaves a low seat. Someone's got to fill it. Jesus doesn't say, no, 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 we're all equal in this world. No one should fill the seat. Forget the whole system. No, he doesn't do that. 
Jesus goes on to say that when we host events, that all should be invited, including those who cannot repay our kindness. Now, Jesus is not saying not to host nice events. By all means, host nice events. Just pay careful attention to the guest list. Have you only invited those who can uh, benefit your reputation by showing up? Or have you also invited those who at least maybe have the potential to embarrass you? You might not want to invite me for that reason. But the point of humility is that you just don't care. Influence chasing, compliment fishing, they're as old as humanity. But followers of Christ must reject these social norms of praise-seeking and self-aggrandizement. We must, especially in this age of social media uh, and affluence, be more intentional than ever, more circumspect than ever, and more modest than ever. If you find yourself struggling with this need for recognition, repent, and that sin can be forgiven. Jesus even died for that sin. And I also believe that in and of itself, we will be blessed by habits of moderation. For example, how many have left social media and found themselves much happier in the process? To be freed from the burden of a perfect reputation is to be free indeed. For it is to let God and God alone be your judge, and he will judge you on the merits of Christ. And the irony is that you will be constantly putting yourself in a position to, in fact, be elevated by others. When you think less of yourself, you allow others to think more of you. Only, of course, do not use false humility as a tool, or that will soon be discovered. Jesus goes beyond earthly rewards, of course, and that is our ultimate hope. He concludes this teaching by saying, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. That means that God knows our hearts. God sees us. And if Jesus promises a blessing, then we will be blessed indeed. Amen.